Are we recording? We are now. That's not fair. <laughs> Your food's quiet. That's why I get quiet food. Strategic. Mm-hmm. Strategic food pod podcast food. So no one knows what we're doing. Well, now they do. Now we just lost the three people that were listening. Mm-hmm. Already. Oh, mm-hmm. Sorry. I guess I'm that guy in the group tonight. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm still chewing. I would have started talking, but... I'm not chewing anything, so I'll talk. Oh, well, okay. okay. Just I don't know what I'm talking about, though, so... Staring at me. All right. Yep. Rob. Yeah. What season is it? No, where... What are we first? Oh, that's right. I think right. we have to do a better job of explaining what we are. We're a weird podcast called Parababble. But are we really weird, go. or are we just kind of like... Whatever. No, it's pretty weird. Yeah. You think it's weird? Yeah. I mean, on I, most nights it's pretty weird. We did an episode about Japanese bathroom demons. What weird? Yeah, that's not weird. That's just being thinking mm. outside of the box. Yeah, that's a little weird. It is. Let's just put it this way: I've looked at a lot of podcasts, and I have never seen Japanese bathroom demons come up as a topic before. But you're speaking of topic here at Parababble Land. Uh huh. Mm. I'm speaking of formatting and how show up most podcasts are done. They're very professional. They're very. Inside the mainstream box, mm-hmm. where we are I none of those think, things. I don't think we're that. <laughs> well, mm, no. I think our topics yeah. definitely range, you know. Yeah. But, well, I don't know. Maybe we are out. What are we going to talk about tonight? Well, it's opening season. Oh, opening season. Mm hmm. For. Uh, um,. The paranormal world and the horror gore world. For in the comic world. Conventions? Ooh, no. Nerds. Conventions. Maybe Nerds Gone Wild or something. Yeah. It's convention season. Yay. Do, can you can you say that again with a little more enthusiasm? It's convention season. <laughs> Let's not go any octave higher. I'm working on it. I wish it was like It's a... amazing that I'm even here tonight recording Parabevel. <laughs> <Parable. laughs> if they could only have video on us yeah, right no, now. I was going to say that. We've, already, we've already had to, what? Reschedule this once due to my recent sickness. So she fell ill. It's amazing that we're all here tonight, gathered in this place. Was that your voice making that uh, that froggy sound? Probably. Oh. It's going to be great for the next uh, the next episode we do. Oh, <laughs> yeah. All I'll right. just drink a lot of tea as you guys talk about all your wonderful convention stories. Oh, we have plenty. It's been a very long time since we've been to a convention, though. Yeah, there's a couple reasons for that. <laughs> As a group? So, yeah. Yeah, I, I've been to some, like, just on my own walking around. No paranormal ones, though. Although there have been some of that scattered about. All right, so we're going to dig into... Parababble's going to dig into it, Parababble style, into the, the workings of a convention. And yes. all the little odd and weird things that go on at these places and all the people that come out of the woodwork that's the best part that is the best part it's almost it's it's like people watching like 101 on a steroid yeah you don't have to watch them they come to you if if you're attending a convention it's like a vendor that's the best part because when you're when you're sitting at your table and you got no sales and it sucks and you're just sitting on your phone we just sit there and kick our feet back up and then watch the parade of madness whether you like it or not it's coming to you yep so can we just say why we even wanted to talk about conventions 
Because they're fun. Well, besides so, that. Sure. So we did actually get nominated for a podcaster award through a local convention. Um, and that kind of had us thinking about all the wonderful experiences we've had. Mm-mm. What? It wasn't local. Well, it's kind of local <laughs> to us. They Ish. have they have one in New York. I guess. Well, we are in the state. Yeah. Okay. Ours. Right? Let her take this one, yeah. Rob. Yeah. I mean, it's local enough. I mean, it's not. It's in the U.S. It's in the same <laughs> state. We're <laughs> in the hemisphere. I don't know how much closer it needs to be, evidently, for it to be local. Well, apparently so, we got different uh, yeah. guidelines on mm-hmm. <laughs> how close is what. So okay. anyway, um, so we were kind of thinking about all the conventions that we've been to through the years and the crazy experiences we've had there. And we thought that maybe we would share some of those things because if we've had crazy experiences, probably... You guys out there that have been to conventions have had some of the same things happen. Or mm. not at all. I don't know. My favorite is when they had the naked girls painted. <laughs> oh, that was that was I in remember that. Canada. Yep. Yep. Oh, Canada. Mm-hmm. That was fun. That was unique. So how many conventions do you think we've been to? Paranormal conventions. Paranormal? Mm-hmm. For, well. Through the years. Mm-hmm. You guys might have a couple more on me. I, just, I couldn't even tell you. At least. Back when we did them, it was like a lot. Yeah, we were going pretty frequently. Double yeah. digits? Yeah, maybe. I mean, we've been to Pennsylvania, Canada, New York. Um, anywhere else for conventions? I don't know. No Ohio? Did we do Ohio? I don't think we ever went to Ohio. Not for a convention. Okay. But that I feel like when you're a paranormal group, that's like one of the things you have to do, right? Well, absolutely. You, you have, have to, to get your brand out there, right? Yeah, you got to like get a banner mm-hmm. and With get your some cool stickers, logo, and acronym on it. And yep. Mm-hmm. And get your cards out there. And feel like you're going to take over the world. Yeah, because you're going to you, meet like the coolest people ever. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what you think. But then you have to go and sit at a table with 25 other groups. Doing that are all there for the same, same thing. Same thing. All doing the same thing. And no one wants to share any information. Right. You might get like one quick story or, oh, where are you from? And then you say, oh, what's you want your my cool territory? Story? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, cool. And then we're like, okay, we'll see you. We're going to have to hang out later. Not ever. <laughs> actually, the only time that I think we actually did that was when we were in Canada. And let me tell you, oh. that was a crazy night, day, night, that night. Was funny they weren't even a paranormal group were they no no that was a no. um haunted attraction mm-hmm. convention yeah, yeah which actually was probably one of the coolest conventions i think i've ever been at they had a lot of different stuff there yeah it wasn't just your normal paranormal slash horror psychic type deal we were the only paranormal group there yes um and we still get correspondence every once in a while from them it's just now they've moved theirs to i believe it's like some southern state whether it's like texas or someplace like that that they hold it now they've moved that one down that far Mm -hmm. it's quite the the move from where was it hamilton canada to texas yeah (laughs) yeah well they um one of the guys that run it run i don't know if he still runs it but he had a pretty famous haunted attraction it was pretty large and it was in i want to say it was texas Mm. Um, so I think that majority of people they were dealing with just happened to be from more from that area. 
Definitely. You know, and I think probably crossing the borders for people might have gotten a little bit more difficult when, like, the laws changed and... Yeah, and they were supposed to have another... He, uh, he needed a passport. Uh, right, and they were supposed to have a... Um, hmm, they were supposed to have another paranormal group, and they didn't make it, so we were the only one there, and we were giving classes, I believe. We gave a lecture. A lecture. Oh, mm-hmm. I forgot about that. Well, we were all very. Oh yeah, we're all very tired. We're very tired because they're uh, these conventions are really cool, but you have to know where to go after. And we found the after there, and we let's just say we celebrated our new friends at the uh, um, social meeting place next door, and we stayed up to the wee hours talking about stories. Lots of and then had to get it together doing? so that we could teach a class, give a lecture. Six a.m. comes early, kids. Yeah. Why was it so early? That was their scheduling. They see. That's another thing. They, they, um, you're not really in control. I don't of the even events. think it was six a.m. I think it was more like nine a.m. And we just didn't get in until about six a.m. Yeah, that sounds more accurate. Yeah. That's true. Because um, there's there's a whole heartbeat after this convention. Yeah, these conventions. People do hang out and. Some of the groups there sometimes will hang out and you'll end up meeting, you know, other people. But um, we just kind of took over a little bit of the party in that back room. I believe we were uh, celebrating a little bit. They were in Canada and we got our stuff in there. And the next day, um, well, that night we went out. Yeah. It was like the after party. And then yeah. we, we ran into, we went to a couple of the people there and then. I think we went next door to some. It was like a club yeah. restaurant. You could get food and. There was like a band playing. Massive beers. I mean, soda pops. Oh, yeah. That's where they had those huge things of beer, right? Sure. Like... The yards. Yeah, the yards. The craziest thing, though, was that um, Jeff decided to get a dragon painted on his head, and he wasn't even drinking at the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I think, and there's one of the boredoms of a convention when that's there's nobody do. walking through there, and they're they're trying to sell their art. So I went and got my head done. Yeah, I got a nice little dragon, which I still have the picture of it's somewhere on Facebook. Yeah, because it was a it was a unique convention, but I remember it being very slow. Yeah, I yeah. remember there was larpers there. That was like the first time we ran into mm-hmm. larpers. Mm-hmm. And I think you and Cheryl made me go talk to them. That sounds about right. <laughs> well, that's right down your lane. I don't know. It's a little extreme. So why do you think people get so crazy about these conventions and they have to go to every single one? And they have to pay millions of dollars to meet people. That's what I was going to say. Are we talking just specifically the paranormal conventions or all in general? Were we doing a mix? Well, okay. Well, I don't really think that there's so many paranormal conventions like there used to be anymore. They're now mixed with the horror. Yeah. Like there used to be ones that were just strictly paranormal. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. But and that could be, you know what, the, that can be due to the fact that the paranormal has gone back under the ground. You know, it's under the radar now. And we're not seeing this big, massive force like we did 10 years ago. Of like every corner you turn, there's a paranormal group, you know, flipping a quarter for who's going to own what ghost. So with that dropping off, the, the ghost, spirits, scariness kind of mixes in with your horror f- format a little bit. And... I actually think that's a great idea that those two kind of like meshed because you can dabble either which way and you're going to get a better fan base. And I think it's really cool that I can go see like 
Bruce Campbell and then turn around and then I have Zach Bagans over here. Of course, Zach would have to be there. Love you, Zach. (laughs) Um, But I mean, there's so much, there's so much intermingling Mm -hmm. and I think that's cool. And you got, I would say that a lot of people who are in the paranormal are into horror movies. I know Rob and I are. Um, Allison, I know you're not really Mm-mm. too far in depth with the horror, but I know the paranormal, you know, but then you have your own, you you have your own, like who you would want to see, like, oh my gosh, this person's going to be here and we're going to be there and we have a table. So the, the intermingling is really good. And I know the horror conventions can last on their own. They can stand on their own pretty much. They don't need to bring any other outside, um, categories, so to speak, but I think that was a really good matchup. Whoever said, hey, you yeah. know what? I'm over here. I'm going to get in with this because this might work. Yeah, I think that's a good combination there. That those two mixed together. Like, I'll go to like Comic-Cons, like nerd things, superheroes, and stuff like that. And they'll mix in like wrestlers with that. And I'm like, that's that's a weird combination. And you could always tell like the people that are there for the Comic-Con and the mm-hmm. people that are there to see the wrestlers. It's like a very clear divide. But oh, then yeah. at the like the horror. Oh yeah, they wear their they wear their belts when they yeah. come in. Oh, yeah, like come their, in champi- their championship fake championship belts. belts. Like, yeah. No, I mean the fans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, yeah. No, not yeah. the wrestlers. No, that's the fans are coming in their outfits too. Yeah. And bring, oh yeah. Absolutely. I I went to my very first convention down. Well, most of them all been in Cherry Hill, <clears throat> and um, everybody there I wanted to meet. It was just so badass. And then off in the corner was um, Mick Foley. From the WWE or F, and uh, he was there by himself. Had Mr. Sacco, <laughs> and I couldn't believe it. I think I visited everybody and got autographs in that room, and not one person, like maybe one kid, came up to him, and he sat there. He got paid to come in, but he didn't make any extra money, even though you know he was probably right in town or he lived there. So again, I think the mixing works. Sometimes, see, maybe that's a sign that the mixing with the Comic Con and the is a good combo because a couple of years ago, Mick Foley was at uh, Niagara Falls Comic Con yeah. and it created insane craziness. Like, yeah. the, there was a line to see him like that went through the entire convention hall. That's yeah, and that's and mm-hmm. then again when I went, yeah, I saw one kid. And I spent two days there just pacing up and down the hallways of the convention halls and yeah. stuff like that. And you see who's there. And you see mm-hmm. where the lines are. You know, um, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, she was there. She had a line wrapped out. Um, uh, Pinhead from um, Hellraiser, Doug Bradley. Another one, him and Elvira side by side. Lines, straight back. McFoley. You know, you could hear the breeze go by him. But um, I think the mixing of conventions, and it, it's cool because you can reach out to every fan base. You know, you can bring in your your uh, the Comic-Cons, too. I think that one's a little harder, though, because that's really a... That's... Yeah, you see, like, there are horror people that show up at the Comic-Cons, too. And yeah. It's kind of cool for me because I know who they are, and it's usually a lot slower to go and see them. Like the lines, see, the lines are next to nothing, and so you can work an advantage mm-hmm. any which way if if you like yeah. the genres. I met Tom Savini at one uh, a couple years ago, and not a single person in line for him. So How was he? He was cool. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Well, they kind of have to be cool, don't they? No. Nope. I mean, it's in their best interest to be <laughs> you cool, think, right? Right? They're not always. Mm-hmm. Especially when people are paying money for your picture or your autograph. Mm-hmm. This is true. Which Did you have a bad experience, crazy. Rob? Here or there. No, mm-hmm. just once. Maybe once. Who was she? I don't think we can name names, can we? It's from a famous movie. Yeah. Maybe if we say famous movie and Campbell's split pea soup. Would that give it away? Maybe. I okay. think so. So sometimes your <laughs> your people that you look up to, you idolize a little bit, um, might not be exactly what you encountered yeah. or you thinking it's going to be. Maybe they're in a bad mood that day or... Understandably. And like, yeah, you know. But here's the thing. You got to... You're doing this for two days. Yeah. Okay? And you're... And you're raking in money. So suck it up, buttercup. Suck yeah. it up and at least say, hey, you know what? Here's the finger I'm giving you, but I'm going to take your money with a smile. Do you think that sometimes they just feel like they're kind of embarrassed that they even have to resort to doing stuff like this anymore? I like would say in the, I would say when these conventions started happening like that, they'd be like, oh, these are all washed up actors or actresses or um, players or whatever you want. But now, okay, so due to bad contracts and signings onto movies... A lot of these um, actors, they don't they don't see any more money than what they got paid to do that movie. So they they had a bad deal. So now their movie is like cult status. It's being bought everywhere. They're not seeing a dime, but there's all these fans out there who want to see these their their actors. So what do they do? They go there and then yeah, they charge twenty five bucks. Great. That's you know what? Fifty bucks. <laughs> Fifty bucks. Seventy five bucks. Seventy five bucks. I you know. So a certain Winchester was way out of my price range. Was he? <laughs> wow. I'm dropping 70 bucks on Bruce Campbell in a couple weeks. I just think that, like you said, you need to suck it up because mm-hmm. and I, I, don't think, I don't think the actors feel that way anymore because if you and I were in a movie and we're, say, five, six years off of each other, but we know we've each other in the industry... And I go out to the conventions and I'm making some money and I, I, I know you're not getting money because I've worked with you or we've talked in the industry. I say, hey, Allie, you know what? Your movies that you did, you know, there's a big cult status for that. You know that. You need to come to this convention. There's, there's a good way to make some cash flow and meet your fans, even though, you know, say you got paid five grand like to do the movie and that was it. And you signed, you signed off your contract because you wanted to be famous. Now, you know, say like 20 years later, guess what? These people want to meet you, and they're willing to pay for the time to do that. What about the handlers that work for the people? I know a lot of family members do it. Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because that, that always kind of gets me, too. It's like you're going to pay 70 bucks to meet somebody, and you literally get one photo as quick <laughs> as you can possibly take it, maybe like a handshake, maybe an autograph of like one item, and before you know it, the person's like, all right, move along, move along. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, it's like cattle. And it, it, it is. And I mean, that's like any, okay, meeting your favorite band. Perfect example. So when the 80s came through, not giving me my age, when the 80s came through and all the big 80 hair bands and metal bands were just at the top of their peak, you could not get near these guys. To get to backstage or get to a hotel, security, it was crazy. Flash forward 20 years, that whole music scene has changed. They're still out there doing their thing, but when they come to town, 
I can walk up to them and say, hey, blah, 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 blah. And I can sit down and have a five, 10 minute conversation with these guys and get an autograph and not have to pay for it. So the scenario kind of works the same um, in that sense, I would think. There's, there's actors out there that you can go to and there's nobody at their table. Well, I got yeah. yelled at one time for not paying for a photograph. Did you? Yeah, but it wasn't even my fault. Who was it? It was oh, a certain wait. person from Ghostbuster movie. Somebody yelled at you? Yeah. Who yelled at you? Well, do you remember that I wasn't actually in line to meet him? And he was just yeah, kind of like... Yeah, he just pulled you in. Yeah, he was just like, <laughs> oh, come on. And I was like, I did it. And he was like, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine. And then whoever he was with was like, um, no, you shouldn't be. And he actually had to tell the person, like, no, it's okay. Like, yeah. They get uh, a little crazy. Well, yeah, He was not a there super nice guy, by the way. Yeah, I met him again... Like a couple of years after that. Super nice guy. Was it what? Um, what um, field was he in? He, it was Ernie Hudson from Ghostbusters. I'll just say it because that's fine. He's cool. He was cool. Oh, so we're not gonna name douchebags. Yeah. Okay. Because like when I met him a couple of years after that, me and my brother took a, paid money to take a picture with him in front of the uh, the Echo One car, but he was doing it all for like charity he was doing it for like a children's hospital and he was doing totally it. awesome yeah so i was like i have no problem dropping more money to take another picture with this guy yeah he was super super mm-hmm. nice about it i think i was just like waiting to take the picture for you yeah i think so yeah i have a similar story that caught me off guard um one of my um one of my all-time favorite movies is phantasm and the uh Tall man, Angus Scrim. If you've ever seen the movie, you know he's pretty creepy looking the way they have him set up in this movie, but he's pretty badass. So we're back to the Mick Foley because he was <laughs> seated next to him. And then on the left of Angus was Elvira and then Doug Bradley. So that was like kind of the big three or four in the room, but no one was at Angus Scrim's table. So I went up and I said, hey, Angus, you know, can I, can I get an autograph and stuff? And I believe it was either his daughter that was you know handling she's like whatever x amount of dollars i'm like oh my gosh there's nobody here <laughs> so i said can you sign i got two of them i said can you sign it to jeff blah 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 blah. and he wrote his his blurb on there and as he's doing that he goes sit down i said uh okay so i <laughs> sat down he goes well you wanted to meet me i'm here what do you want to talk about I was like, uh... Totally not prepared uh, for that. Totally not prepared for someone like that to go, ask me some questions. So I was like, uh, 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 tripping over my words. And finally, I came up with a, a really good question. And he was kind of impressed, I think. But he he took the time, and you had the time. And it wasn't a rush, rush thing. And when I got done, and I was there probably about a good five, ten minutes sitting at his table just chatting with him. So whatever the picture was, like 25 bucks or whatever, I got my time spent with him. And when I looked back, there was a line. So I knew that line was going to have to move a little quicker because they were starting to line up. Maybe I just caught him at the right time and he wanted to talk. That is like, for me, that's probably like the cool thing that could ever happen at a convention. Yeah. Um you know, we had a, a a cool thing too with Mr. Uh, Josh Gates. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That we, was we, that we, wasn't yeah. even during the convention though. That was like. But that's see, you're in the same convention weekend. Right, and you're yeah. in the same town, and there really wasn't. We were in Gettysburg. That's probably yeah. one of the coolest stories of ever meeting anybody. That's like, you know, on TV, 
and he was on his way up. Famous. Yeah. I mean, we did actually meet him at the convention because I think I had bought his book and he had signed it. Didn't we sit in his lecture too? We might have. I know I did. I think you guys might have been in... There were so many lectures yeah. lectures going on. We'll get into that whole thing too. Mm-hmm. But um, we, you know, the afterlife of conventions where we go out in the evenings and get dinner, quote unquote, we ended up in a bar in Gettysburg Town and we're sitting there and we're just bullshit and music playing. Um, and it was a really cool bar. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. called Absinthe. Yes. Yeah. And it had yep. like big, long copper yep. bars mm-hmm. and like stained glass windows. It was pretty cool. And we look across the way and who do we see? One Mr. Gates. So then we started kind of like challenging each other who's yeah. going to go up and talk to him. <laughs> and uh, we, the whole idea was, you know, we didn't want to bother him because, you know what, he did his time at the convention. So do you approach these people and say, hey, hey, you want to hang out and have a drink? I'll buy you a drink. Hey, no. what's the coolest story you ever had? Hey. So we kind of came up with an idea because it was... March Madness. March Madness. Yep. So what did we do, Allison? We did a bracket of cryptology. Different creatures. We took out, was it a napkin or a piece of paper at the bar? It was a piece of paper, which I still have. We sat down. We broke the brackets down. Um, Bigfoot versus the Yeti and so forth. And we went, you know, we had a few of them there. And we wanted to approach him and say, hey, who do you think would win in mm-hmm. this March Madness of <laughs> crypto? <Yeah. laughs> And I think we caught him off guard with such a cool idea that he actually sat sat with us and he went through it all. And then we ended up having drinks with him and hanging out. Yep. And that was probably like one of the coolest things ever. You know, we got our books autographed by him and stuff. But there's, it's a really cool place, a thing you can do to mingle with fans and people who are, you know, ahead of their field, in their field and their, their top. Yeah, and he was probably one of like the biggest people at that convention. Yeah, and he was such he's such an easygoing guy that you know, you almost felt bad for approaching him. Yeah. Because he was just hanging out with whoever and we're like, "Well, you know what? Here goes nothing." And you know, the response was awesome cuz some people would be just like, "You know what? Screw off. I'm on my own time, whatever." Mhm. Um he really broke it down and got into it, too. Oh, yeah. I mean... <laughs> he was like, the Chupacabra would totally take out Loch Ness, and he was, like, going through all of it, and he, like, crossed off this one and put that one with that one. No. Do you remember who won? I don't offhand. I'd have to look at it again. But it circled on there. It was the Chupacabra. It was the Chupacabra. I think it was. <laughs> yep. I think that's what, you know, it ate everything. <laughs> but, like, how cool is that, you know? And, like, such a normal kind of interaction to have with somebody who you know is so outside of the norm of what you deal with some people you think you're you know that you look at them they're untouchable they're on two three shows at a time or they have their own series and it's like after their name and everything like that and you're like there's no way and then you just dumb luck you stumble into them and like you know what i'm here i'm gonna take the chance well although we'd have a few um we had a few pops in us i think at that point a few Mm -hmm. shots Mm -hmm. Why there's always shots involved? Well, you know, that's kind of part of for the course, don't you think? Yeah. I'm too old for that now. <laughs> yeah. The ripe age of what, 29? Yeah, no. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Do you um, remember the convention we were at? I believe it was a Scaricon, where our table, we were seated next to a, one of the actresses from Strippers versus Werewolves. 
Mm. I vaguely remember that. <laughs> I think she was on the other side of the guy who did his own taxidermy. Yes. Yes. You remember that guy uh-huh. who had everything in jars? Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he, Which one was this? No, no, I don't was, think I was in this one. He that was, was a across from us. So we had to look at the taxidermy. There. Yes. He was directly across from us. But he kept coming over with like things that he had made in jars yeah. to keep showing us. And then the stripper from Stripper versus Werewolves to the like to the left of us, and then like we had some like contact eye seller too that was near us. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he sold like contact lenses. Yeah. Those are expensive, by the way. Yes, they are. The colored ones, and if you get the crappy ones, they're like three, four hundred dollars. Oh, we heard all about it that day. Mm-hmm. We learned a lot more than we ever needed to know. Mm-hmm. We sure yeah. did. I learned about that real firsthand on a movie set that when I was in a movie, I had black ones put in, and they were like the bottom rung of it. And I'm like, how much? Yeah, you want the nice ones where your eyes pop and stuff, and it's got all the colors and all the different. You're you're upwards to a thousand dollars for a pair of those. Oh, it's totally off topic here, but yeah. Did you talk to the stripper versus werewolf chick? I don't remember. Did you have to pay to talk to her? Probably would have. I don't remember if I did. Was that like on the same like year that you were on that role of every time you took a picture with a celebrity? It was. Which was like the best thing ever. So Rob had the absolute best thing that he did that for like a solid probably year, year and a half, every single time he took a picture with a celebrity at a convention. He had this look on his face like he was totally and completely annoyed. So the celebrity would be like super smiley and like thumbs up. Oh my and gosh. Like super excited. And Rob just looked miserable. Yeah. Why and is it that, was Rob? What's amazing. Up? Well, the first time it happened was by accident. And then we <laughs> thought it was hilarious. So So you just did a resting bitch face all the way along? Yep. No? Uh huh. And that uh, was back when it was only like twenty bucks to, to like, get a picture with someone at the convention. Oh, so it was even cheaper yeah. and even more miserable. Yeah. How many pictures like that do you think you have? Oh, probably at least half a dozen to a dozen. You need them blown up Maybe and put more. up in the studio. Yeah. I think the only time I think even when you got choked, you still had that look on your face like you were super annoyed. Maybe. I think I was caught very I think I was going to do it to him, but he legit choked me, so I <laughs> kinda got caught off guard. So I was like, What? <laughs> so you were a little surprised by that one, but yep, the other ones are great. Mm-hmm. Especially all the yeah the the actresses that are like in the horror movies. They're all like I'm making like a really cheesy, cheesy. smile right now. Well, they got to sell mm-hmm. it. Yeah, it's promotion. Mm-hmm. It's money in their pocket. If they don't push it, guess what? Uh, these uh, we're gonna get into this whole thing about like doing lectures and the scheduling of these conventions especially if you're a fan i know a lot of the stuff we go to we're fans and it's so over the top cool that you have like access to all this different stuff but then again you're like how can i be in five spots at once how can i be over here i went and saw a movie premiere and there was 15 people in the room just a little they had a double wide uh, in the hotel like um, a suite they set it up. They had the actresses come in. And 15 of us sat there and watched the movie. And then when the movie was done, we got a Q&A with them, which was totally cool. Part of the package for the weekend. But at the same time, there was another lecture going on, which was huge. And they had the big ballroom. So you wanted to be there. And it's like, I don't think you can ever fault these conventions for not having enough stuff to do or enough fan pull to meet and be there. You just have yeah. to, it's up to you, the fan, to figure out what do you want to see? You know, what lecture is going to, you know, 
are you here for? And you got to plan it out before you get in there. You know, I'm going to hit stop A, stop B, stop C, and get to where I have to get to because I want to catch it all. I think it's always good. I think it just it gets annoying when you have to pay for all those extra things too. It does, but you got to understand. It's like you already had to pay X amount of dollars to get in. Then you got to pay every time you want to like meet somebody or talk to somebody. Then if you want to go to some panel or some extra lecture you know that's another cost on top of it it's like these things can really suck you dry yeah or you easily drop a grand yeah and most of like the panels are included but then it's like they're pretty much just advertising the like hey you come to my table afterwards and get an autograph or a picture you know so which you know what i'm there for that and i don't have a problem with that but you learn real quick who when you get there who you're after and who you want to meet and it if it was me i'd meet everybody you know, I would go from my A list to my B list to my C list. And depending on the lines and what, what's moving, I would shift my list because I'd be there tomorrow. Maybe I'll try for that differently and I'll knock off this one from today and not do it so I have the extra cash to come up tomorrow. I mean, uh, you got to understand a lot of these, these people who come up to these conventions, they're younger kids and, you know, everybody works hard for their money. Yeah. And What about the convention groupies? Oh, gotta love those. Wait, which groupies? Groupies. You know, like the chicks that follow the conventions from place to place to place. Oh, I don't know how any chicks follow me. You've never seen those chicks that will like go up to like somebody famous and be like, hey, do you remember like three months ago when I saw you at (laughs) such and such and we talked about such and such and... All two sentences. I remember. And they look at you like, huh? You've never seen those girls? Yes, they're everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) That's because the rock scene went, went down the shitter and... (laughs) <laughs> There's no more music groupies. Now they're moving into convention groupies. Um, that's kind of cool for a stroke of your ego, but then again, there are some people out there that probably shouldn't be doing it because it's it's crazy. Because you don't know what these people are doing. They're coming up to you. You know, they could have a hate on for you, or they could have a, a you know a creepiness like, oh, Prone's gonna be there. Awesome. I want to meet Allison. And then Allison's like. I don't know you. <laughs> Why are you on the other side of this table? <laughs> or some other random paranormal group's going to show up and try to like disrupt your lecture. That always happens. That's always good. But no, that, they always just threaten to do that. They yeah. build in yeah, that, but that builds integrity. Yeah. And then when you get off stage, you might have to clear up the Whoa. air. Is that the uh, paranormal podcast parababble dog? It's the chupacabra. It's the chupacabra. It's the Chupacorgi. That's oh. what happens. That's when you know you're ruffling feathers is when you got people threatening to show up and mm-hmm. disrupt your lecture. <laughs> yeah. The other thing with that, though, is you find out that people will come up to these conventions and they might be there to see one thing and they stroll by your table and they see, I don't know, um, what you do or um, they want to challenge you. They want to challenge your work. They want to challenge what you believe in. The scientists. The scientists, oh, yeah. the haters. <laughs> well, it's garbage, whatever you want to call it. I think that's a big reason why there's not a lot of paranormal conventions anymore because a lot of it just turns into that. It's like you have the three people that show up with pictures of quote-unquote orbs and want to talk to you about how it's, you know. Which is fine. Their, their deceased great aunt. Um, and then you have a group of people that come up and want to know what your scientific approach is. Right. And then want to argue with you about how your scientific approach is not an actual scientific approach. And then you have a group of people that 
want to just check out what it is you're doing because they're trying to chest bump to see, oh, you know, their equipment. Ours is better. You know, that sort of thing. There's not a lot of paranormal unity that goes on at events like that. Mm -mm. It's a lot of, like, get out your feathers. Like, everybody put their stuff out on display. Right. And you know what? I think that's double-edged, but I think that's good for the community. I think there's the right way to do that and a wrong way to do that, obviously. You, instead of chest bumping and say, you know, guess what I got? Or, you know, I did this and this and this. Why not work together? Like you said, why not work together and say, oh, my God, that is a really cool idea. We had something similar to that. It kind of went like this. And then you just kind of intermingle ideas. And that's how you learn and grow. But you're absolutely right. There's people that, and it, you, you, can't, you can't help it because you're there. You want to see all the tables. You're going to walk by people's tables. Even what we do is we'll have, you know, depending on how many people go, two or three of us will get up and walk around the room and do whatever and the other will watch the table vice versa and you, you know because if you're sitting there for eight hours you're sitting there for eight hours and it can get like really yep. boring at times so yeah i definitely mm-hmm. want to check out what other people are doing and learn from that because there are people out there that have really good ideas and i think there's always a good exchange at times but you know unfortunately most of the time you're you know who's better kind of thing who's you know got that extra piece of equipment with that one extra video or audio that no one else has. Well, and I think piece of equipment that blinks a lot. Yeah, yeah I was just going to say that. Like, that's the kind of stuff that drives me nuts. Like somebody sticks a motion sensor in a teddy bear and wants $200 for it. And you have to like put a smile on your face and be like, yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> no. Uh-huh. Yeah. Damn. And especially teddy when, you know, Ruskin. some sucker is going to buy it because they think that that is the latest and greatest and they can't ghost hunt without it. Well, it's yeah, a great idea, though. Who is it? But who's, <laughs> like who's it really pumps. on? Let's get some EMF pumps. We got them all over the place. They're going. What, buy one, get one half off. And people are lining up to buy these things. And I'm just like, oh, facepalm. But it's people hard. don't do their homework. In, th- in this instance, people don't do their homework. They're following shows. They're following this. They're following trends. And trends and stuff like that in paranormals, it changes a lot. But... The basic foundation to any type of equipment is. Well, they get it too. You know, right. And if they to want to, right. And if you want to spend two hundred dollars on an EMF pump, hey, you know what? I'm going to sell you one, but I'm also going to say, hey, you know what? Think about this because it's this, this, and this. And if they don't want to think about it and they just still have their mindset on getting one, then you know, so be it. I'm not, but I'm not going to. Yeah, but then that lunatic is out there pumping buildings full of EMF <laughs> and putting things on YouTube with like red dots circled around them. And really, they're just all crazy from the EMF they pumped through yeah, the building. Yeah, they're all dizzy. <laughs> Does great things for the field. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. But see, that's but that's like in any field, I think. you, If you don't do your research and, you know, you, you, you do something because somebody else is doing it. Oh, they must be doing that. They must be right. I, you grab it. You buy the product. You do whatever. Some people don't even pay attention to what they're doing with it well and i think that's why it's better when there's more than just one thing combined at these conventions yes you know because you have other stuff to focus on other things to do it's not just all one-sided representation of what's you know out there what's going on it's kind of nice to be able to meet people to do different things than you do but slightly still kind of related yeah and and like you said if you just take because horror and everything else and the and the comic cons you're there for fun. You're there to meet people. 
you don't really learn too much, maybe a story or two, but you're there to meet your, your people. You get into a paranormal convention, that is definitely about exchanging stories, ideas, techniques. If, if table, like you said, if they're willing to give up the big secret, you know, do I have to be the king of this convention? Well, yeah. Okay, well, I guess we're just going to listen to you and bow down. It shouldn't be that way. It should be, you know, mingling. When you have a horde of zombies come over to your table. Yeah, that happened once, too. <laughs> you survived pretty well. Mm-hmm. That was a good time, though. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Which one was this? Parahora. No, I don't think I was on that one. Yeah, at, the, the, at the terminal. Early one, I think. Yep. That was a really fun time. Yep. But I think that's still, like, in the heyday of all that stuff, you know? Yeah, that was Zombies right. Zombies were still, that. you know, getting up the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it was like Walking stuff. Dead was pretty new yeah. still. It was like the first season of The Walking Dead, uh, right in the middle of Ghost Hunters. Ghost oh, Adventures yeah. just started. And, and that's <laughs> a good time for anyone who's in that type of stuff. That is, like, the best time. So are we yeah. going to post some of our convention photos on our Parababble page? I think we should. I was trying to look for some. <laughs> um, that's absolutely what we should do. You should see the one with my <clears throat> dragon. You can find that one. I think we should definitely post some because yeah. I think that would be a fun little... Do you guys remember through. the funny story about me coming up to Canada? Because I came up late. Yes, yeah. I remember that story, but I think it's <laughs> Which worth way, telling. W- I, there was a couple of <laughs> transactions out of that. So um, everybody left me behind. I had to come late. Yeah, everybody left it behind. They were up there at like 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Good thing we did, huh? This slug had to work. <laughs> so I'm crossing the border, and I have all my ID, and they ask me, you know, where are you born? Blah, 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 blah. Have you ever been arrested? I'm like, no. Have you been pulled over? No. All that crap. And the guy asked me again. And then he asked me again. And then I got the, can you please pull over to the side over there? So they pull me in there, and they're asking me all these questions. Um, you sure you've never been stopped at the border before? What? No, no, no. All right, I'm going to give you three answers. I'll pick one. <laughs> and he gave me three answers, and like the middle, the second one, it kind of rung a bell for me, and I went, oh, well, I had some work business to attend to in Canada, and apparently when we first did this, we got turned around with the work company because Canada has certain laws. If you're coming over to work, um, why are you coming over there? You know, like any country, they could put their people to work. And me and my friend had to go up and work for our company, our sister company up there. Well, apparently everybody else at our company at the time decides that, oh, we have to go for a business meeting. So they would just lie. We told the truth and we got turned around the border. Well, that was like, six years prior and they still have this on record so there i sat waiting and finally customs like all right you can go and luckily they didn't destroy my car fine so everyone's starting to get a couple drinks in them they got the hotel going i'm still driving looking for a parking space so what do i do i find a parking space do not understand the parking lot attendant he says i could park right there and this lot would be fine well of all the dumb luck, Oprah's in town. <laughs> and apparently the parking spaces were no longer valid. And I said, oh, I'll just leave my car there for the evening. I remember that. And God love Oprah and all her fans. So the next day we do our thing and then we get ready to leave. And um, I go home. I believe it's how it work. I go home. 
I have a $450 parking fee <laughs> because I parked where all of Oprah's fans were or something to that nature. And I had to contact Vancouver, of all places, to talk to these guys because this is a, um, a multi-billion dollar business. They have all these like parking companies and they were going to take like 450 bucks from me and I had to call Vancouver and say, hey, no, 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 no. This guy said, and they don't care who it is. They just, you were not in the right spot. But um, they did say it happened a lot. There's a lot of screw ups there. You're in another country. You're trying to figure out some of the ways around stuff. That guy didn't know. And it was close to five o'clock too. I remember this because he was getting off. It was his shift to end. So how does that work, people, when your shift is ending? You don't care. You're going to say whatever. I need to go home. So yeah, that was my experience coming in that night. And then, of course, you know, we corrected that later that evening with a couple um, social drinks. And the moral of the story is: <laughs> don't go to Canada. Leave when your group leaves. <laughs> this is true. I couldn't get out because we had a letter that we presented at the border that was given to us by the people from the convention, stating why we were crossing the border. I don't know, Rob, if you remember this, <clears throat> yeah. but it came up in my email chain when I was looking at this stuff for Scaricon. They gave us a letter saying that we were an approved vendor. This is where we were going. They told us to park in the ramp for the hotel because we were staying in the hotel, so we got our parking comped. Yeah. Not this guy. Our experience was very different than Jeff's. Uh, Oprah had me bent over one of her free cars <laughs> that she gave away. I even brought, like, lighting equipment and stuff, like IR light, and put them in uh, gun cases. I yep. didn't even really do anything. That's awesome. I mean, but this, and I think that's the other thing. If you go with a group of friends to conventions, obviously mine was late getting there. But if you go, a lot of times, you know what people say, it's, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. I mean, it's the experiences that oh, you're yeah, going to hold. Oh, yeah, the road trip. Yep. It's the road trip. I mean, you know, you're always bullshitting, telling stories. And when you get up there, it, somehow there's always alcohol involved later. But, you know, things you'll do. Like everybody has a passion in life, um, I would hope. Most people have a passion where they like, you know, whether it be, I don't know, collecting baseball cards to go into conventions or concerts or, you know, boring lectures at colleges. Um, it's all about getting there and it's all about, you know, what you learned and how much fun it is. And, you know, in this sense, coming in contact with people that, you know, we somewhat idolize and like. So we'll definitely post some pictures. And we'll post a picture of our cryptoid bracket. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, maybe we'll start to go to some conventions again now that we have Parababble. Oh, yeah. We could do that now. Yeah. We're old enough. We better get yeah. some stickers and some cards. No one wants that shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, unless it's a magnet, but, you know. What do people want? Maybe we can put a poll up. Yeah, really, because that would be, I would love to know that. That would actually be helpful, yes. Free photos of maybe us. They want, maybe they want uh, enthusiastic pictures with me. Yes. Oh, my God, that's amazing. That's awesome. Rob just pulled up one of his uh, his very many convention photos, so we'll have to post some of these. Oh, that's awesome. That's so good. So, so many so of them. So badass. I can't, I can't wait for this. There's so many. <laughs> so... We uh, we wanted to just kind of talk a little bit about conventions because they are kind of this cultural phenomenon that's going on right now. And you know they can all they can post a parabola, right? Yeah. They can post their stories and you know they're cool things and they're not cool things that have happened because 
Let me tell you, there's a story for every convention you go to. Yeah, we want to know what your worst convention story is. You heard Jeff's. Yes. Yeah. So we want to know what yours is. And which conventions are worth going to. Let yeah, us know that too. Because we want to go. Yeah. If you go to a really good para horror convention or, you know, something along those lines, like drop us a, a note and let us know which ones we should check out. And I couldn't even meet Oprah. That's all. That's made it all, you know, the worst. I think we're going to go to Scarecon when it comes to Rochester in September. Yes. That'll yep. be our our one I it was upcoming. October. Um, we'll have to check it out. But in the fall, let's yes, just say that. Yes, the fall sometime. Yeah. 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 All right. Parababble right. out. Parababble out. Boop.